BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, what's up? It's your girl Tamara, a.k.a. Girl from Harlem. And this is Ray Daniels, a.k.a. The Culture Referee. And this is The Guy Show, The Culture Report. Bump, 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 bump. Let's make a little noise. Stop down. going to make a little clappity clap. A little something, something, something. I'm going to clap. Oh, and, today, and, today, and today we have a, a, a special guest. Uh, I like to, when I like to do The Culture Report, by the way, I'm just letting you know, Jeff, get ready. Okay. Let me say something, because the last guy who was on The Culture Report, Juju... <laughs> Juju was arguing for three days with the people in the comments. <laughs> I kind of called him Jeff and said, Juju, killed. stop arguing. He was like, fuck that. Ray, but he got, he told me, I don't know what I'm talking about, he got 400 followers. And he got a, and I'm like, he got 30 views on his YouTube. I'm like, bro, that's why you don't have to argue with him. Exactly. So I'm just letting you know, get ready. But right. we have my OG. This guy was actually in the room the day that my life changed, where I got my first artist signed. He's always been good, humble, and just a purist to the culture. So when he called me, I was like, bro, please, please come. So we got Jeff Sledge on the show. Everybody get up thank Jeff you, Sledge. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we also have Jack, Burgundy Jack. Burgundy Jack. Yeah. Burgundy Jack is here. Let's get up Burgundy Jack. He's, he's starting to be a regular now. He's showing up. He, he's like a norm on Cheers. He just shows up to the bar and he sits in the way the camera and he like I'm gonna talk let's go we appreciate you though no it don't got nothing to do with Queens <laughs> alright anyway first of all I've been waiting all week to talk about this I'm super excited like another point on the board for the girls so Sexy Red and I don't think anybody saw this coming except for me probably but Sexy Red sold out her tour in less than 24 hours right so um, it was so big that she had to add shows so she has 15 shows now 8 of which are sold out she had to do 4 venue updates and she had to add 3 new slots to her tour um, the name of her tour is called the Hottest Hood Princess Tour love that um, I'm definitely gonna be there why do you think that Sexy Red is able and there are bigger artists that are struggling to kind of sell their tickets so why is she able to sell out tours and what do you think people are so attracted to okay so not saying that this is a trick i'm not saying that this is a trick i'm saying this is a trick that people in the music business do okay let's see you know what i'm saying so if i know that i can get five thousand people in the room for you then i'm gonna put you in a venue that gets three thousand people so now it looks like i set up the three thousand and it got the five Oh, we got to add extra date, right? Now it makes people feel like it's hot. That's that's kind of how they start pandemonium. I'm not saying that that happened, but for all we know, Sexy Red could have been performing in venues with 1,000 people, 1,200, 1,300 people, and now she sold out, and now they got to go to a venue that's bigger. So it makes the story better. It's like I'd rather have a, I'd rather have a party that no one can get in and it's 50 people inside and 300 people outside than a party with 350 people inside and the venue holds 1,000 people. 
because it looks like it's a flop. Yeah. The venue determines the flop or not. So, so a lot of these big artists are out not selling because they're probably built for amphitheaters mm-hmm. and uh, like the Roxy, Coca-Cola Roxy, but they're going for arenas and they don't have the bandwidth to sell out arenas. So that's yeah. what it is. But I think that's dope. I think that is good that her team, her team is realistic about what they have. Well, I we don't know. That. I, that's why I said, oh. I don't, I, I'm not saying they that pulled the it, trick. I'm just saying this is a that trick. Is it? I would say at least they're realistic. I think that that's the problem with these artists. They think they're bigger than what they are. They go in, they be like, yeah, I could go on tour now, and I could headline a tour, and I could sell this out, and then they end up kind of wasting time, space, and embarrassing themselves and have to redo it. I think her ability to say, let's start here, and then we can go there, is why she's a little bit more successful. She's grabbing those lower-hanging fruits. She's making sure that she connects with the audience. She didn't say, because she's going on tour with Drake. She didn't even mm-hmm. have to do this tour if she didn't want to. But the fact that she's saying, I want to go to the smaller venues. I want to headline. I want to lead my own thing. I think that's that's super dope for her. I know you have some thoughts on Sexy Right. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. I also think that <clears throat> she she's coming in the time and is kind of representing, whether you like 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 it or not, she's representing kind of an, an audience of, of girls and guys, I guess, that to me are looked over a lot you know mm-hmm. it, i think there's always been a split and you're seeing it now with people i see people on on social media talking about sexy man's industry plan and you know they're making the black woman look bad and this and that um and i think she's got she's tapped into a generation of you know those girls that get overlooked and she wears glasses you know what i'm saying like, she, that, she's, she's not trying to make it she's not trying to make she it is what it is, it is what, what you it see is. is what you hear exactly. is what she represents exactly. and it's the brand is on point so on if you point. a girl like her that's worse and plus you don't know how much the tickets cost yeah that too the tickets could be dollars okay uh, under 100 okay that's mine. good yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going. She, she's from St. Louis. That's hookah. She's from St. Louis, which taps hookah. in every year, usually it's one, hookah. two, or three murder capital, right? So it's raw. She's raw. She comes from that. And like you said, Ray, she's she's being who she is. And there's a lot of women in all parts of the country that are, are that. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not they're not the fly girls. They don't wear the, you know, the Dolce, the Balenciaga and all oh, that. Oh, that's a good point. You know, she's she wearing regular clothes. Yes, and no one else does that up. too. No one else is doing that too. Who that? Ice spice. Oh. I, yo, in the in the deli video, she has on a wife beater and some jean shorts. Yes, mm-hmm. she's regular girl from the Bronx. Yeah, exactly. She keeps going that way. I'm sure she'll grow mm-hmm. eventually, but she's kind of representing those regular Bronx, you know, Brooklyn, Queens, Philly girls. It is there's a there's a space for that. And I think Ice Spice is doing that's why she's working. And and, and go ahead. Are you want to say something, Jack? No, no, no. Yeah, but I, but but I think that I think that yeah, I got it. Okay. I think that what what most artists mistake. Uh, a mistake that a lot of artists make is that they want to come out on. Um, it's dope when you come out and you have a little chain on. And you, like, it's funny because I was with somebody the other day and they was like, man, no, when we, we did an interview and they was like, man, did you see the Migos before they got hot? Yes. And it's like, that's what the game is about. That's why we exactly. love it. It's about watching you go from a pup to a, to a dog, mm-hmm. a big dog. But most artists, because of insecurity, in my opinion, need to feel like big dogs so Absolutely. they want the biggest chain Absolutely. they want to feel like they're important and it's yep. like bro if you don't make a big deal out of yourself you actually are going to get more fans fucking with you exactly because they excited to see you grow and it's like you're their you're their spirit animal exactly. and i think artists miss that point that's exactly. why i hate when people spend their advance on looking like a rapper and actually doing the things to make them a rapper yeah, like why would it. you spend a hundred thousand on a chain and not go buy dope ass beat or pay a writer like well that's not that's not their job to buy a beat but why would you go get a chain 
like if you got to just look at it. Say if I gave you a million dollars and you bought a chain for a hundred thousand. By the way, a million dollars is a lot for an advance. Mm -hmm. You got to look at it like this. I just spent ten percent. On a chain. Of my, <laughs> the money that they say give God. <laughs> that is how much time That's all God to wants. Yeah. And you spent it on a chain. chain. Crazy. 10% of your money. So when I started looking at it as percentages of my money, then it became different oh, how I spent it. Like, mm -hmm. hold on, hold on. Yeah, like, hold on. I'm, I just got 100000 I'm about to spend yeah. twenty on a chain. That's 20%. That's, that's goofy. Mm -hmm. I could pay somebody else to go make some money yeah. for me. It's, it's dumb. So Work that 100 racks and, like, you know, build to the point where you can buy that 20 rack chain and it, it don't hurt, you know? Yes, that's when that's when you buy it when it's not gonna hurt. Gonna but hurt. you you said something. I want both you guys to dig into it a little bit more because I've heard this word a few times. We never actually really talked about it. Okay. So um, you said industry plant. Yeah. Um, we've I've personally first started hearing that um, around the Nicki Minaj stuff because they were saying people were designed to kind of go against her. Uh, um, just tell me exactly what you mean by industry plants and do these things actually exist in the industry? You know what I, I don't. Well, I wanna know. Because I, I got it. two of y'all here. I love it. I love and Jack. it. There are there are I do believe I, no okay, not believe. I know Ooh. that there are labels who will, you know, pick an artist or whatever and kinda, you know, spiff them up and, and, and put them in in, in, a, in a certain situation to try to garner attention. Um give them a little extra marketing, give them a little extra digital push, skill, you know, to trying to kind of generate stuff. So it, it does it does happen. Um, but but you know what my thing is like it, it, you, you still I mean maybe I'm old school me and Ray probably think the same with this it still comes down to talent too so even if you kind of get off on one or two if you ain't dope it's gonna show mm -hmm. it's gonna show it's gonna show quick no matter what producer you work with you went with Pharrell you was in with this one and that one that's cool but if if, if you don't have something it's gonna show, so that's why I always was look at the industry plant thing with a with a weird thing because it's like uh, you know how long how long is it gonna go? And labels are in it to make money, so they're not gonna just keep dumping money into something that doesn't work. Mm. You know what, what? What's the tea with Let, the industry plants? Well, right? I, well, first of all, I want to look up the definition. The definition of an industry industry Wait. plant is a rapper or an aspiring rapper who's being influenced by a label or company to write and perform music in a trendy way in order to gain clout. Yes. Okay. A lot of these motherfuckers is in the That yes. sounds like the whole that industry. That sounds like the whole industry, then, but that's the whole industry. When you say it like but that. But I want to say this. I want to tell you something, Jeff. This, okay. this is my problem that I think that we have to stop doing. We blame the label for being capitalists, but we don't blame no other companies for doing the same thing. Absolutely. So, like, it, and it's only because we're selling art and the, the product that we're selling can talk back mm -hmm. but look at it holistically like if those that that that, that those sneakers you got on you probably paid a hundred dollars air force ones but you also are smart enough to know that it probably costs four dollars to make yeah right yep. okay but you're not saying man they robbing the air forces man uh, they robbing the air forces man why they robbing us it was only four dollars and they charged me 80 but when it comes to art because the actual product can talk back Labels get a bad rap, and I don't want to be that guy because I, at my heart, I am a capitalist. Yes, at heart, I want to see, I want to make money. Everything I do, I want to, I make money. I want, to, I want to make money in the right way, but I do want to make money. I don't want to just give my time up for nothing. So blaming the industry for these kind of artists is kind of weird. It's like. It's, you might as well blame Nike for making Air Force Ones. It's just all white. I mean, ain't nothing to it. It's just yeah. white. You don't run in them. You know, what are you doing them? Are they performance sneakers? What? No, they just some. So we don't look at it like that. So I think that we, 
we're going to be fair. We got to be fair. And yeah. not only that, we, Jeff and myself, have made our money from this art. And if somebody told Jeff, yo, we're going to give all the money to the artist and you're going to get nothing. I know Jeff is like me. I ain't coming there. Yeah, well, what, what, <laughs> what am I doing? coming for? So it's <laughs> only, so we have yeah. to stop giving the labels, a, we have to stop giving the labels, business, the man. business, like it's not a business already. Like, bro, the minute that you decide to give your rights over, you are deciding to say, take this, exploit it and make me rich. Mm. Yes. And it's so, and if it's okay that you get rich, it should be okay to everybody get rich. Yeah. Cause I feel like another thing around the game, just are we talking? Another thing to me is that we give, we give artists too much leeway. We give artists too much respect. Meaning what? Meaning, meaning, like they don't need a coach. Like I'm not being funny or nothing, but I should own a fucking master too. Like that Jay owns the other ones, but Damon Biggs, like I'm not giving you reasonable doubt. That was us. Yeah, it was mm. us. It was so my thing is that if I stop my life to help build you to do that, like. I want to make sure I eat for as long as I can eat. Exactly. And my kids and my kids. And my kids, kids will be able to so eat off so that. So I'm saying sometimes like the artists need to own their rights. Not always true. If I put the money up and I put my part up and I did mine, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like the God show. Like y'all know with me. Like I don't walk around here like this Ray. Like why y'all know I'm this, this Ray shit. I don't do that. I'm like this is us. It's us. Like I know I'm the face with Tamara, but I don't see, I don't, I appreciate Vanessa. I appreciate fucking Jordan and James and everybody. Like, I don't look at it like that. That's because I don't buy into my hype. Mm. A lot of artists buy into the hype of the game. So like when I signed my deal in 2004, I didn't even know you could own a master. I was just trying to make some well, money. Back then, I don't think you could. That's my point. But that's what I'm saying. Wait, but so e what changed that game? When the information being out oh, there. Yeah, exactly. Information being out there. And not only that, and, and streaming made it easier because what happens with streaming that. is that I can upload music myself and labels are, now this is something that we can give them hell for. They aren't signing artists based on taste. No. They're signing artists based on numbers. Yep. Yes. So you're Analytics. no different than Nike to me at this moment. So it doesn't matter who's fucking running it. It doesn't matter who's called. Because I, I, I came up, and I know you did, in a world where when we signed the artists, we knew one, two, three, four, five steps that we were going to make to take them where we needed to take Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Now these new labels are like, he's a radio step five. Get it. Yeah, go. And then <laughs> go. we look in the room like, how are we going to give him the 10? I don't know. I mean, let's chase streaming. Let's get it on Rap Caviar. Yeah. Let's get it on Hip Hop Hits. And it's like, you know that that's not helping the artists. No, not and at my all. only thing is I wish that we taught the artists how to help themselves. That's my only problem. Like, hey, bro, here's, it's, like, it's like sports. The players know their role. Mm. And they also know if they're not winning that they're going to bring in some new players. Yeah. Right? But you know your role. Artists don't know their role. They're just being sold. We're going to blow you up. And they're like, okay, the label got Let's it. Go. Okay, cool. Label got it. And now you're sitting back like, what the fuck happened? Mm -hmm. They didn't tell you your role in it. Yeah. Bro. That's yeah. my only issue. Well, I think I, I, I've been seeing this and I've been telling people this too <clears throat> on the black side anyway. I think um, most of the artists, or many of the artists now that are doing well are signed to JVs because the JVs, but let's talk, you know, whether it's Kendrick, obviously with TDE, or Drake with OVO, or even, you know, Ice Spice with, you know, with uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hensman's son. Like, and what, what you're seeing is with the JVs, they, they kind of give a cushion and a protection and they coach, just like you said. Yes. Because you're dealing with, them directly, you know, Kendrick was dealing with Top Dog yep. directly. He was, I know he probably talked to Jimmy and stuff. I mean, not Jimmy, but whoever's Janet. Yeah, yeah, but really it was, it was Top Dog. And you, they need the insulation to kind of do their thing and be coached, like you yes. said. The ones, that, that are, the ones that are being coached are the ones that are maintaining. And here's another issue I have with the industry. Every artist that is breaking is attached to 
a joint venture. Not every song that's breaking, every artist that's breaking yep. is attached to a joint venture. But they don't want to give ventures up no more because they don't want to share in the money. And now we're suffering. If you want to bring the music back, give label deals to people who want to pop off artists. You do that big lifting, they do the culture lifting, and boom, we got fucking 50 superstars on the label. Exactly. But they don't want to pay they don't want us. To split the bread. They don't want to split the bread. It's too much money coming in. Everybody want to get their bonuses. Jimmy didn't care. Jimmy was like, I got this girl named Gaga, Akon. Come get a piece of this. Oh, I just signed uh, Robin Thicke. Yo, Pharrell, get a piece of this. Nelly Furtado. Yo, Timberland, get a piece of this. Like, he, Dre, this is Dre, white kid. This white kid I'm, rapper. I'm, I'm, I'm Eminem. Out to you, Eminem. Get, get a piece of it. That's why they broke. Because yep. Jimmy knew, I need you to do the culture. I do the big. The new yep. labels have lames running it for the most part. Yep. And the, and the lames don't want people cool in the room. Because if you're cool in the room, they know that the artist is going to be like, I want to talk to Jeff. I want to yeah, talk to that guy. Dope. And they don't want that to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they just are, that's the culture vulture part of them. They don't, they know what they need to do to break artists, mm-hmm. which is partner, but they don't want to partner. Yeah, you're right. They don't. They want to own the master outright. They, mm-hmm. they don't, and not only that, they also, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. When Top Dog was at Interscope and Kendrick Lamar was there, it was a guy named Joey I.E. running mm-hmm. Interscope. Mm-hmm. And Top told Janik, the CEO of Interscope, if he is around my shit, we're going to have a problem. So the president, head of black music couldn't even come in the room to talk about their biggest black artist. Absolutely. Because he had a fucking production company that was like, you ain't coming around here with that yeah. vulture shit. Yep. And that's why Kendrick is where it is. That's why TD is right. what it is. So TD was it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, was, I just had to get passionate about this shit. No, it's real. No, it's real. I, I mean, it's, right. been, it's, been proven, I feel it. it's been proven time and time again. It's been proven time. Like, even I mean, QC. Def Jam, Def Jam back there with, uh, with Luda and, and uh, Rough DTP Riders. and Rough Riders. And, 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 and uh, J&M. Name was all, one artist that was signed to them that direct that wasn't connected to a fucking Gotti, entrepreneur. There was all, those was all ventures. And, and back to Clive Davis when he did LaFace, Rowdy, Bad, Bad Boy. Boy. Yeah. That's the... He understood... I know how to do the big stuff you guys do the little stuff these labels don't want because they don't want people in the room like myself or jeff or p or any of us because we ain't gonna go for their shit because we know what we bring to the table and that's what i meant by their lame they don't want to they can't handle the cool motherfucker like hey don't tell me what this what we doing and they don't want that yeah they want to be in charge so speaking of stuff like that cardi b actually said that she's not putting out any more features until she drops her solo arm um, project. She says she's working on her art and stuff like that. Do you think this is smart? Because one of the things that kept Cardi B relevant throughout the past five years while she wasn't dropping music was her doing the features. So now that she's stopping that, do you think that this is going to somehow affect her or her just saying, you know what, I'm only focusing on myself. Is that the smart thing to do? When is she planning on dropping this? She says she's going to drop this year. She's been pushing. She, we this haven't year, gotten a 20, date. 2023? 2023. She says sometime this year, her and Nikki are both supposed to be dropping this year at some point. They should do head-to-head. Atlantic versus do. Republic. That's that would be, that would be huge. That the Kanye 50 thing. Yeah, they should do that. But I, my thoughts is this. is It's about time. And yes. I think what really happened was, was that Cardi has elevated to that number two behind Nikki. Yeah. And I think the only thing you can really say about her compared to Nikki is you think she's behind Nikki. Who, who would you put behind Nikki? Who would you put in front? No, you think Cardi's two. Not you say one. Two. That's, but okay, so that's my point. I was going to say one A, <laughs> one B, one. but I'm just saying. Okay. But even if you say she's one, the only argument you can have is oh, that it's only them two. The on, but the it's only, only argument you can have is that Nikki drops albums, Cardi yeah. drops singles. So that's only singles Cardi. And, as big as Cardi features. is, she only has one. Album. album. One Doja Cat has three, I think. 
Yeah, she's about to drop a third. Oh, yeah, so I was just saying. So I think that she kind of has to drop an album if she wants to maintain that spot because yeah. Doja's on the ass. Doja's on both of their ass, if I'm being honest. Yeah, with you. yeah, because Doja, Doja slides back between the rap and the super pop. So I talk mean, to the mic. So you wouldn't say like, so we're talking just you wouldn't you wouldn't say that Doja has better music than Cardi though. This ain't about better music. This is about how the culture sees the artists. The only reason why Doja is not as big as Cardi and Nicki in the culture is because she makes it known. I don't give a fuck about y'all. Yeah, no disrespect. I mean, she Wait. just makes it known that I don't care about the culture. Do we? Do we accept Doja? Because I don't think like as like hip hop. That's don't what you saying. What you just saying? What I'm saying. That's my point. Right, we, she she sold more albums. She has bigger records. But because you said we don't see it, that's why she's not in the conversation. But she also doesn't try either. She's yeah, not she like don't give a fuck, she don't. Right? It's not she's like not trying to be you, in the conversation. Do you know that Doja's part black, right? Yeah. Okay, I just didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, she got a little sprinkle in there, but I, mean, I rock with Doja. I think she's Doja. Super by talented. the way, she by the way, she's the most talented female. Yeah, she's incredible. in music outside of Beyonce, and that's why she treats her talented the way female she does. in music outside of Beyonce. Beyonce's number one. Doja's number two over Nicki and Cardi. Talent. Because Doja can rap her ass off, sing. and she can sing, and she makes records. She does it all. She's creative. Too. She's, She's creative. And, and, and if I'm being honest with you, she, she really don't miss. And if she wanted to just do an MC album, which she wants to do, yeah. she can do it. She oh, really yeah. is that ill well, as a nice. rapper. She's nice on the But mic. because she doesn't play in the culture, she's never in the conversation. Okay, that, that makes sense. Um, speaking of the culture, Nas recently accepted his Billboard Award for Hip Hop Hall of Fame. In his speech, he said that he never got awards in the 90s, that he's just starting to get recognition now. Mm. Um, why do we think that it took so long for Nas to get the recognition that he deserves? Mm. That's a good-ass question. Well, well, no, that's not why. Well, if we're being honest, like I said, he raps the way Ben Stein talks. He doesn't give you emotion in his lyrics. You have to listen to Nas. Nas fans are listening to him. You always said Nas, listen to Nas albums like doing homework. Yeah, like you have to listen to him. No, dis, but no, it's not. Yeah, no but it's not disrespect. Not it's just it's like that. it's like some rappers rap at an elevated mindset. Nas is that, and the rest of the world vibrates down here. Like as 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 much as we love Hove, as much as I love Hove, first, second, third, everything he's done, dog. His biggest hit that broke him out was. It's a hard knock life. And how slow was the verses? From standing on the corners popping. Jacob rap tongue twist. He slowed it down and he won. Nas raps at the same pace. Prison and poison and poop, 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 poop. But it's no emotion. So it's hard to catch. It's hard to grasp it as a listener. Mm. Like as a listener, you got to kind of like want to know what he's doing. But, but you know, if you in the club, I don't want to hear Nas. No, I don't. Only, I mean, even Uchi Wally was major, like major look, major look. But even then, major look is still a tri-state. I've been like major look is incredible, but it's you got to hear it in the tri-state area. True. Bro, I want to make it known. I love Nas. This is not this, but when you do what we have done, right? And Jeff has done it more than I have. But when you do what we have done, then you have to dissect the product. Yeah. Right. It's like you have to dissect the product and say, okay, how can I take this further? And my thing with Nas, if I told Nas like. You want to know Nas wanted? If I could think of one Nas record that first popped in my head that was a commercial hit. I know I, know I can't. Mm. I know I can't be what I want to be. Mm. Like, see how easy it is to sing along? Because you got kids singing it. Yeah. It's slow. But when you hear, you know, like the other shit, it's like, bro, I'm lost. Yeah. It's heavy. <laughs> it's heavy. It's, it's I heavy. I remember having, when Nas first dropped him, and, you know, because him and Biggie came out around the same time. And I remember having mad debates. And I was, I, you know, in New York, and I was always like a Biggie person. Because of Biggie's 
you know, Puff's production and Biggie's fun flow and the bounciness to it and very, like I said, very digestible. easy to understand, very digestible. Whereas Nas was very like hip hop head. You know, it was like the hip hop head. And I, again, no disrespect, but you had to like listen to Nas. Yo, you heard that bar? It was kind of different. I'm glad you said that, but because I'm going to say something. Every rapper in history, so let's say rap is a huge high school, right? That's what rap is. Jay was the hustler that got all the money and dealt with the cheerleader who was Beyonce. DMX was the ignorant nigga that didn't need Jerry. He was going to rob you, right? Ja Rule was the talented nigga, right? The talented nigga, right? So who was Nas? The smart nigga who dated Khalees. No, he dated um, Khalees 10 years later. He dated Khalees like 15 years later. that dated the, the no. captain of the debate team. I was trying to make this high school. That's my point. No, no, let, let Jack was, answer. Jack, who is Nas? If we in high school, who is Nas? And you a Queens nigga, so who's Nas? <laughs> Jack, you got to grab the okay, mic and talk well, to it. I, I would say, um, and, and, and knowing Nas is the dude that's rapping at the lunchroom table, beatboxing every day. Okay. So, so who is that guy, though? Because I just gave you three guys that was at the lunchroom table, too. Jay was at the lunchroom table. The X was, too. And so was Ja Rule. Well, I just that, told you who they was. Who is Nas? What do you mean, who is Like, that? when you making music, who is it for? Ask that question to artists all the time. Who I are you think, making this for? <laughs> yeah, I would say Nas is for, like... Five percenters. The, definitely that for the educated. More of, more of the Spoken educated. word. So the po- poetry. Exactly. I, yeah. I know who he is, but I'm just saying... Now let's go back to high school. <laughs> Who gave a fuck about the poet? Everybody cared about the hustler that drove the nicest car. Everybody cared about the street dude. Yeah, to watch him that was going to rob you. you. Get, get and then Ja was the nigga that was in front of the school singing, "Who would I be without you?" They like, oh, he's so talented. <laughs> Who's Nas? But you, but but in high school, you know, you had the poets or the smart niggas that was just cool, kind of like in between niggas that got bitches too. I, I agree. That's who Nas was. But I'm asking for music. What? Okay, so. Let's do this then. Let's go there. Bitches like Nas because I look, not because of what he says. Because Nas, does, Nas, only bitch song I could think he made for women was Uchiwali. Yeah. Um, you owe me. You owe me something? Oh, yeah. oh another one. Genuine? 90s. Um, I don't know why Black Girl Lost. Black Girl oh, Lost is a girl for songs? Well, not necessarily. Oh, for- it's not a song for girls. Okay. A song for girls is DMX, what these bitches want from a um, nigga. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. What? Shit with you, the R. Re- you, you, you dig it. I mean, you listen, dig I know. You, dig you actually I never said, heard, you I said I don't, a Nas record for women, right? You're a big girl now. Come on, Let me ask bro. you a question. You play... Come on, bro. You don't get in the car with your chicks and play Nas. They tell you, turn that shit off. Put on but you'll, Drake. But you'll play Drake. You'll play Hove. <laughs> you'll play Ye. But nobody, but, but what I, what I, I just think our problem with our culture is that we think because someone speaks higher that we can't talk about them down here. And that's bullshit. I love Nas, but Nas has, I can't, if you put a gun to my head and said, recite a Nas verse, and I've heard Nas records my whole life, I couldn't recite one. Yeah, it would be difficult maybe for some, for most people. The majority. 99%. Can you, man, oh, I got, I got, I got, watch this, watch this. This is man. Give me a Nas verse, Queens. <laughs> you put me on the spot yeah, right now. Just one. I can recite a big verse, like J verse, a Ye verse, give me a Nas verse. Tamira, don't help him. Let Queens back up Queens right now. Give me a Nas verse. Uh oh. It's kind word of for word. I would have to hit a song and kind of oh. like. It's kind of tough. You it's let your tough. you let the whole borough down, fam. Come on, Jeff. We is like, what are we talking Damn. about? All them Queens pages that be tagging but see, us. But see, but see, I want to tell y'all something. This I thought he was. I thought he was. No, I knew. He, I knew he didn't because I know he didn't. But I'm telling you, this is why would I do work? Challenge me. 
I can answer it. I don't just talk because some such and such. I'm talking facts as a fan of the culture. He's trying to think one now. This nigga is going I, I just don't know. All Where you from, by the way? I, I thought she was from we Queens. We just got a Queens, Queens dude representative that is did out not here, know a Nas verse. Let me ask you a question, though. Ooh, watch this. Give him the mic. We ain't done. Oh, oops. Sorry. Still we ain't done. I got money to say recite a whole verse. You got a whole verse you can recite? I can start one for you. When the Remy's in the system, finish Ain't it. No telling what the fuck where I did something. That's what they be yelling. I'm a pin by blood. Not yeah, you. That's right. you want Biggie. Uh. That, that was Biggie. Mommy on E can't keep a look. Yeah. Shit, I'm trying to say. Like I can give you a J verse. Give me J verse on fronting. Ever since you came along, acts all nonchalant in front of an audience. Like like he rapped to us. He didn't talk to us like a professor. He rapped to us like he was one of our people. That's why you can't recite a Nas verse. You can recite a Biggie verse. Shit, man. That's my point. And, and, so and that's, 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 why, that's the that's, point why it took By the way, so I got to dap you now. This is why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you what we just did. We just show you why we get paid the big bucks. <laughs> because if you can't be an a if you don't understand what I just did to no, him. That's real shit. He can argue all he want. Fuck the no. argument. Let's get into real world. Give me a verse. I don't know if I can. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That is me showing that I don't mean no disrespect. Yeah, I'm no, just saying no, 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 the no. truth is the truth. Nas is a, Nas is a, that's all we get paid to do. That's why I get paid but to I, do this. I, I think to, to all these points, that's why Nas has taken a long time to kind of get to the echelon he's at now. I mean, he's partnered with Hennessy, and that's been great for him You know, worldwide. He's done some other things. He's mass appeal and all that stuff. So he's done some great partnerships. Um, and But it's taken a while for that, for his music to kind of, catch up to his looks and all the other stuff. Now it's like he's an iconic artist and he deserves everything he's getting. But the reason it took longer than maybe Jay or Big or even down here Future or somebody like that is because it was so upper echelon. You know, it wasn't, it, it, he doesn't rap kind of for the, he did some on the first album on Elmatic, but after that he kind of, it kind of got up here. And again, it's not the, he spoke. Say, he spoke. He spoke above everyone's heads. It's okay, by the way. <laughs> it's not. It's nothing wrong with yeah, that. And mind you, if I had an artist with Nas' career, I'd be just as happy. Fine. But Phenomenal. one thing Fine. I can tell you about what, what I do and what he does is we don't act like it's not what it's not. We don't walk around with an Air Force One and act like it's Gucci. We know the difference. We don't say, but do Gucci. No, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. that's what, because when we, when we sign the artist, we got to go explain to the entire company what this artist yeah, is. Yeah, what it is. Mm -hmm. So they can tell the world, oh, he's not the rap guy, but here's what he is. You just a fan if you think it like that. I'm I'm talking at a, I'm talking elevated from the in the boardroom conversations. Like yeah. how are we gonna break them? Mm. Sitting with the market. Yeah, director. sitting with the market people, promo people. How are we gonna yeah, break them? Product manager. Who is he for? Publicity and all that shit. You know, Jack is not album. hearing you. He's trying to think of a Nas verse in his head. He's still but, thinking. Um, <laughs> ride, bro. Um, but Ed Lover did an um, interview recently, and he said that there's a difference between popularity and an artistry. I want you guys to break down the difference between popularity and artistry for me. Mm. Well, I mean, for me, the before I try to break it down. The key as an A&R person is to try to marry the both. Mm. You can marry two. If you can have the uh, a real artist who's actually really popular, then you 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 hitting on all cylinders now. Now you just you just killing the game. Um I I think popular artists, um hmm, that's a good question. Popular artists I like popular artists, first <laughs> of all. Sometimes more than kind of like the real artists. Like I remember, I, 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 you know, um, <laughs> when I worked the job, I signed the Stanky Leg record, 
and Do people killed me. They were like, why are you starting this bullshit? I was like, bro, this is about to be one of the you biggest so records in the country. They got a little goofy dance that everybody could do. Your grandmother can do that. Good point. You know? It wasn't too And it's a very catchy record, you know? It's a wow, do this thing. It's very catchy. Look at you, you still bopping yeah. now, right? Yeah. So that was a pop. I like Okay, I think popular, I think, what's what you said is the difference between? Popular, popular and artistry. I think that artists need to learn from the popular people. I don't Ooh. think popular people need to need to learn anything from artists. Like, let's be clear. Let's look at it from this standpoint. It's so hard to break artists today, right? So hard, right? That's what they say. But I'm going to ask you a question. What does B. Simone sell? Why is she so big? What is she selling? Herself. Oh. What is Funny Marco selling? Himself. What is Desi Banks selling? Himself. Drewski. Oh, yeah. Himself. <laughs> Every Kashanat. Himself. <laughs> The problem with artists is that they separate artistry from the man. Oh. Bro, artistry is artistry. Artistry is artistry, but popularity is where you make your money from. I said that on the show. You. I said that on the show. I said, yeah. I said that's, what, that's old school music business tactics. Let's take them outside and show the world how crazy they're going to act for him. And now the world, they changed the perception of him to everyone watching. 100%. He was on the cover of the news. Yeah, of course. He was the he was the front cover of the Daily News, the Times the next day. But that's what what I'm saying, though. When we talk about artistry, the problem with artistry is that you want to focus on talent. There is a talent to maintaining attention, though. There is a talent to maintaining those guys. So when I see artists, here's the difference between B. Simone, Funny Marco, Drewski, Desi Banks, and artists. They're saying, I got to do it for my audience. And artists are saying, y'all do it for my audience. And when they come back, they're going to love me. No, my brother. <laughs> you got to get your own. Like that remember the commercial back in the day, no, my brother. You got to get your own fans. One was too is too short. Yeah. Too short knew his audience still today knows his audience. That's why he's lasted this long and sold this many records and this kind of keeps going because he knows exactly what they want and he never streams too far out of that zone. He's like, nah, they won't like that. The other person, I know he's a persona non grata, R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly knew his audience. He knew what those girls wanted to hear. He did. He knew. Yes, he knew. I wish. I wish he knew what the niggas wanted to hear somebody die. Or, you know, I, mean, I know, I'm not talking about what he did. We, by the way, we do this on the show all the time. You, you free with we us. We separate, yeah, we separate the artists. Robin knew his you know, I knew mommy of a G, like, he knew. Sex in the kitchen, he knew. He knew what the subject matter was. And, and I always say this, you know the difference between R. Kelly and the other R&B dudes? Is that R. Kelly spoke directly to men, to women for men. And these other dudes speak directly to women for themselves. Yep. Mm. So when That's Trey Song says, she gonna scream my name, she gonna be stringing trigger. As a man, I ain't playing that. <laughs> but, when you, but when you play, no, I'm saying, but when you play, but I'm gonna play, put on some clothes and let's go to the IHOP, Damn. baby. Let's go to the, like he spoke. That is a good point. Well, you can play, Trey was talking to women for him, like dog. Trey is on stage taking his shirt off and like, and dog, as a man, what am I supposed to do when that happens? Yeah. How about this? What is my woman supposed to do? Scream for another nigga? Well, oh, I'm problems. Oh no! See what I'm saying? So, but R. Kelly on the other hand, we singing that shit together because he spoke to women wow, for men. I never men. thought about that. And and I will say this: I will say this. Uh, 
I'll say one more thing. The key to R&B is the male audience. Hear me out. If you look at Usher's biggest album is Confessions. Every man knows about it, right? In order for R&B to break, you need the other side of the population to bump your shit, right? You do. Like, look at, like, dog. R. Kelly is, Trey Songs is successful, but I, I don't know one man that owns a Trey Song album. But I know I don't know one man that don't own an R. Kelly album. Who does Chris Brown speak to? He started off as a kid. It's different. But when he come out and say just got rich, took a broke nigga bit, like that's that's rap uh, approaching. That's like that's male adjacent. What he's doing. These hoes ain't loyal. You women, no R and B artist would have the balls to sing these hoes ain't loyal. Nobody. Chris was just in a place where he was tired of everybody, yeah. and it worked. But if any, if you look at R and B. It's always men that bring it to the other side because women are going to listen to it. But as a man, I'm not going to the concert with you if it's not for me. Yeah. I'm not supporting it if, it's not, if it doesn't include me. The biggest R&B singer in the world is fucking Drake. He's, yeah. a, he's a rapper, but he says what women want to hear and niggas want to say. Yeah. Drake does what R. Kelly does. Yeah. That's why it works. Everybody else is trying to find their voice. When, R. Kelly, when, when Usher said, this is my confession, just when I thought, uh, what he said, my chick on the side, says she got one on the way. Nigga, that's a real man conversation. Sure that's locker room conversation. That's like nigga. That's, like that's why I worked. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Okay, so where do we want to go? Okay, mm, I'm going to save that for the black father conversation because he's crazy. Oh, this is the other Godfather. Godfather. You better get it right, get it tight. Okay, so I'm going to have to throw the mic away because y'all about to go in on this. Um, T.I. recently announced his rap Mount Rushmore of trapper rappers. I want to emphasize that we're talking about trapper rappers and like that's a specific genre. So I want to ask you guys your Mount, Mount Rushmore of the trapper rappers. And we also have producers, a separate mountain for trap music producers as well. So T.I. said... Um, Oh, I'm missing one of them. I only have Jeezy, Gucci Man, and Future. I guess he put himself on there. He's a fourth. Of course. Okay, so that was T.I.'s um, rappers. And then I don't know whose list this is, but it said DJ Toomp, Shorty Red, D Drummer Boy, and Zaytoven. Those were the trap producers. You guys can make your own. Let me know who's going to... Only, only thing I would add is that I don't think you could talk about trap rap without including Yo Gotti. Yo Gotti. I be skipping stuff. Like, just for me. Like, Yo Gotti was... He was... Like, like even Drummer Boy said, Yo Gotti was rapping about being in the trap in 1998. It's just, Tip was the smart guy and gave it a name and a title. And because he called it trap music, it became, it became a verb. Now, you've got people doing Latin trap. What the fuck is that? You know, you got people, people say, give me, give me trap drums. What is that? That's a verb that T.I. made when he said it. But to me, the only thing I would say is, I would probably say I would take Future off and put Yo Gotti on because I don't see Future as a trapper. Future is more like the the young. He's a dope boy, but he's a dope boy that raps about getting chicks, using drinking lean drugs, and like he he raps about drugs. Like he doesn't rap about he like Ti rapped about selling dope. I don't know if Future was saying rocking. He said dope boy shit. He was no, he was doing dope boy shit. Ti was rapping about being a dope boy. What about? Uh he only came late. That's why I said uh, he came too late. And by the time he came, he 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 established. He was established. <laughs> two chains came a little too late. He is he is to me he 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 is on the one of the top. But I just think when you think about rap, like I, that's like putting that, that's like Mount Rushmore. I ain't never seen nobody say we need to take his face down and put Ronald Reagan up. 
You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, the, to me, when I hear Mount Rushmore, I think founding fathers. Not the biggest. Well, what about Rocco? Nah. And by, by, hold on, Rocco, Rocco, Rocco don't have enough. Rocco has one album. Rocco's my nigga, by the way. I love Rocco. Rocco's ain't going to do the show, but I'm just, uh, Rocco is more of a businessman that rapped. Rocco don't care about the fame and the fortune. Rocco's trying to figure out how to get all the money. He don't even see it. Like, we was, on the, we was at the concert, Funk Fest, and Greg Sheet was just like, yo, Rocco, man, just come say what's up. And oh, Rocco yeah, was like, standing right by. I, ain't, I just came to pull up to say what's up. Like, I don't want, he don't want the fanfare. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying no for Rocco. Rocco don't care about that shit. Who would you feel like would be like the fifth? Who would be like right at the I cusp? just said Yo Gotti. It was Future, T.I. Gucci, T.I., Gucci, T.I., Jeezy, Future. I can't argue with that. But I, I just would say I would, I would take I, Future out. Cause, cause I, would, I would take Future out and put Gotti in. Because Future, Future is like, he just, he, like, like T.I. never rapped around about using drugs. Like, no trap rapper rapped about, well, maybe Gucci did. Gucci did. <laughs> Gucci is the best. He's the best for that. I love that. Rap music in his phone so he could make sure he yeah, got it accurate. Um, they kind of came late to me. That's why I'm like, for the Founding Fathers, that's the right oh, list. Oh, oh, I like oh, the oh, way oh. you approached it. How, how are we not going to put Justice League in there? Because Justice League is not a Founding Father. Okay, so let me tell you why. Give me the producer's name again. Watch this. I got it. Drummer Boy. Drummer Boy. Yo Gotti. That's synonymous. Okay. Right? Uh, Daytoven is Gucci, right? And and Jeezy, right? Okay. Shawty Red is Jeezy and Gucci, and DJ Toomp is Tip. When you say Justice League, what artists do you associate with them? With that they built that they built from the start with the, with the sound. They, they were a big part of Jeezy's first album and Rick Ross, and and I think Ross 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 came later though. But I mean, we're saying trap. We're music, saying so. forefathers, the founders. Okay. I'm not saying they did. That's what I said. By the way, Ross is Ross is incredible to me. You know I love Ross, would but you, would you put him in the trap music category? No, Ross was a boss to me. He was a hustler. He sold drugs. He sold whatever he wanted to sell. Jeezy and Gucci sold and Tip sold drugs and Yo Gotti sold drugs. That's and, why I said. That and they, Ross didn't sell drugs. I'm not saying he did. I'm saying Ross sold hustling. Yeah, Ross. Ross. Also, I don't. What, what is the difference? Between the difference is I, the hustler drugs. sells vodka, bags, yeah. everything, and his drug dealer sells drugs. Well, that's what. What the fuck was he talking about in his records? Drugs. Yeah, no, he came in more like. It was like Thank you. Ross was Ross was Ross was more said. Listen, what's Ross' first big single? Watch this. Let's how I do this, Vanessa. What was his first big single? Every day I'm hustling. Okay, what the, what does the first fucking line of the song say? Who the fuck you think you fucking with, nigga? I'm the bo- I'm the boss, nigga. He didn't say I'm selling dope. He, I'm just saying it's so intentional. It's intentional. It's right there in your face you when he said, "Who the up? fuck you think <laughs> you fucking with, up. nigga? I'm the boss." Seven forty five, white on white. That's Ricky Ross. Like he start talking about drugs, but he didn't come in as a drug dealer. He came in as a hustler. He was like Jay Z Junior. He was like the Miami Hove. Miami Hove, I like that. That's what I was given. 
He was never, he was never, Ross, Ross, he even said it. I know Noriega, the real Noriega. He was telling you, I'm above that trap music shit y'all mm. doing. I'm, I'm selling coke, nigga. I, I'm in the distribution. I'm like Atlantic. Yeah. I got motherfuckers, fr like, that's not, that's not trap music. That's kingpin shit. Come on, man. I'm just like, I'm looking on Spotify. I'm just trying to get an idea of, like, who all would you consider in trap music like outside of those but five but, but, rappers but, I'm saying, but we're not who, asking who's in trap music we're asking who the forefathers of trap music this is what i do vanessa okay so neo recently revealed in an interview that he wasn't able to record songs because his label blew his budget on dinners how does something like that happen neo said this i don't this is in Colum this is when he was signed to columbia Oh, why are they like, oh, it this makes is, sense this is, now. This is, this is before Tango and Tashan. So it probably wasn't that they were spending money on his meals. First of all, let me tell you something. I hate when people talk about that, right? Because what they don't understand is, is that usually when, when you work, no, when you, like, if I work at a major label, I have a corporate card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I spend my money, when I spend right. my money, when I go buy bottles and shit, that's on my corporate card. Yeah, my that's counts card. against my expenses, not yours. So then why is he talking about he wasn't able to record? Once again, I just said he didn't have the proper management. Uh oh. He wasn't I with Tango that. and Tashan. So uh -huh. he pro so I and no one wants to talk to artists. No one wants to talk to artists. Yeah, I've had that argument before. People are like, you know, you make more money. I'm like, bro, you're not coming from your budget. It's corporate. Expense account. Alrighty then. So I want to go into the music question of the week. Um, Trinidad James said that Gunna saved male hip hop with his album A Gift and a Curse. He said, please stop saying that the summer was boring. That's a lie. That you want to make true. Gunna saved it for male hip hop. God don't make mistakes. Hashtag DAD. Um, do we agree that Gunna's album A Gift and a Curse is saving male hip hop right now? I think I, I think, like I, think I think I think I think that's a stretch. Yeah, that's a stretch. I, first of all, I like that album. I like that <laughs> yeah. album a lot. To me, that's still to me the rap album of the year. To me, and and, and I will say this is what Gunna did do. Gunna showed the importance of good music, not a great storyline, because the storyline went against him, but the music was so good that you couldn't get away from it. Yep. So it Gunna, if he saved anything, he showed rappers. Making good music is always sit down, focus on your project, make the best you can, and then watch the people come. I don't think he saved. He didn't save rap, but he definitely showed us that. He definitely showed. Remember when he first came out? It was the, he shot footage of people in the club not dancing to his music. Like we, yeah, it was it was everywhere. It was like right, people not right. dancing to his music in the club when his club when the music came on, everybody stopped dancing. Hey, brother, let me tell you something. A bop is a bop. A bop is a bop. It's a burger is a burger. It's like Gunna, his, he's Chick-fil-A. I don't give a fuck what Chick-fil-A say about the, the, any LGBT. They're going to eat that chicken. And I don't give a fuck what they say Gunna did. He sold out. He did this. Okay, when you when fuck you mean, come on, what are you doing? Rapping that shit word for word. Boom. That's what he showed us. I don't even know the words. All right. So now for the fun part, we're going to go to the American Godfathers. Section. The Godfather. Okay. Oh, just the Godfather. Excuse Fathers. me. Fathers. Fathers with an S. Um, okay. Are you ready? How do we feel about transgender teachers being in schools? Wow. 
Look, my thing is this, man. I, I, I'll do something a little different. I don't, I really, none of that stuff bothers me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't I don't, you don't care. I, I don't know what it is. That stuff doesn't bother me as long as the person is doing their job or whatever, like, to, to you know, to the, to, yeah, it, it may you to, because I don't think, I don't think children really get that confused. Mm-hmm. I think they like that's Mr. Jackson. All they care about is how you treat them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're not gonna all of a sudden start wearing a dress because Mr. Jackson wears a dress. I don't think. I, go ahead, I, go ahead, Ray. I agree with you. I don't have a problem with it, but what I do have a problem with is if you have a beard and a voice like mine, and you're saying "Call me Mrs." As a grown man, I'm confused. I'll be confused. As a grown man, I'm confused. So I'm just imagining a. Imagine a, a eight-year-old and how they feel. Like, I, so for me, it's like, bro, let me ask you a question. We all went to school in here, right? See, this is my problem with the whole trans conversation. We all went to school, right? Did anybody worry about whether their teacher was gay or who they was fucking or anything? Never, right? We didn't care, right? Exactly. But here's the agenda. Trans people, it's like, bro, I don't, listen, man, I don't, that, your business is your business. I just feel like it's an agenda being forced on us that makes us talk about it. It's almost like one out of a million people, but because it is, we got to make a big deal out of that one because of the community they come from. And to me, that's not cool. That's what I would say. I think it's biggest stuff to worry about in schools. Like them, what, what are they teaching us? Like race, uh, critical race theory, stuff like that. Please, Ray, don't still, even bring I still up stand critical on my race side. theory. I still don't, stand don't where do I stand. It. Don't start with me. I still stand where I stand on it. Bring, but I'm saying, I still stand where I are in here. No but I'm saying, I still stand where I stand on it. I'm just saying, I'm not, a, I'm not mad at that conversation more than I'm mad at the trans conversation. Do you talk to your kids about racism while we're here? At what age did you start having those conversations? Seems realistic. Okay, moving on. No, you can't do that. Don't do that. I, I said, I, I said that I want to talk. I don't think, I think it's dangerous to sit in class and talk about race relations with kids that are not mature enough to understand that those are old days and this, and here's the new days. And only that, let me ask you a question. Did you, were you shocked when Obama won? Yeah. Exactly, right? No, everybody was shocked, right? You know why we were shocked? Because we know our history. My kid ain't going to be shocked because he don't care about that. That's all, all I'm saying is that if, if, if the history is going to hurt us, I don't want to hear it now. But sometimes your kids might not even go out and vote because they don't understand the struggle that That's people 18. Win. When they're 18, they'll know. My 14 and, and, and 6. But I'm saying, I, I'll tell my son about it when he about 16. I'll say, man, you know we were slaves, right? Blah, 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 blah. But my son sees white people outside doing the lawn work. That's his perspective on life. And my son looks out his window and sees six white people doing our lawn every day calling his well, dad. You know how Mr. Much more can he I finish, please? Can I finish? Knew that we used can to be the I finish? My son no. sat, he sees white people call his, his dad Mr. Daniels. He doesn't think he's less than. Growing up, we thought we were less than because of everything that we heard about history. So all I'm saying is that if, if I feel like there's a time and a place, and I don't think that's in elementary school or middle school, that's all I'm saying. I didn't grow up thinking I was less than because I was taught slavery. I actually thought I was more resilient. I knew that I had stuff built inside of me that made me stronger and that, like, I appreciate so much more in life because I knew what my ancestors had to do to make sure I was able to do it. I probably would have never voted if 
when I turned 18, if I didn't know that that was something that my ancestors fought for. We're so disconnected from it now. Like, people be like, who really votes? All that shit is fake, blah, 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 blah. I don't even care if it's really fake or if the votes really matter or if they rig in elections. I go out to vote simply because I know my ancestors fought for it. So there's certain things that I do just out of respect and honor of those who came before me. So that's why, personally, I think it's important. I think when kids know, like, we had nothing, and we and we fought, and we got here, and we were able to do it with this. It just it, it gives you a sense of empowerment. It's all about how you teach it. To who the taught kids. you? Um, it was a plethora. I actually went to a town. No, who no, you said you said you didn't. You grew up feeling excellent. Who taught you that? It, I, a community. So my mom. I came from a really go. good school. There we go. That's the, I, you just proved my point. I'm saying you should be able to do it at home how you want to do it. I'm saying sitting. 15 black kids and 15 white kids in the classroom saying, man, your people sold their people. They might be, I'm a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I know how I, I know how I felt when I saw higher learning as a kid. I want to fuck somebody white up. I wasn't mature enough to understand it was just a movie. So my thing is, is that right now what we need more in America, anything is us coming together. And what we have right now is separation. And the reason why we have separation is because everybody's arguing over stupid shit. Bro, we all the same. If aliens came, we all fighting them together. You know what I'm saying? Not so me, my thing, I'm going to the project. I was just saying, but my thing is that, but so my only thing is that I just feel like you shouldn't tell a kid about slavery until later. Like, let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have kids right now. You don't, have, you don't have kids. I'm going to ask you a question. You ever seen 12 Years a Slave? Yes. How would you, how would your child have to be for you to take them to see that movie? I, could, I didn't finish watching it. I couldn't watch it. How old were you when you watched it? Um, like in your early twenties, I was a good, I was a good age. I don't remember. That's my point. That's my point. And you still didn't want to see it. Mm -hmm. So, but you're saying, but you're still saying we need to teach the kids about and it. And I also said it's about how you teach. Yeah, them. Yeah, but how you, but how you gonna teach them? You can't teach black kids or white kids differently. See, get my, I don't need to know how extensive it was. Why? I didn't, that's for later, like you said. But they do need to know that there's a part of our history that wasn't as pretty. Um, we have to understand what we went through to be here. Why we read, write, and... I understand the whole thing, but, like, it seems like black folks is the only ones who do that. The Jewish community teaches, you know, about the Holocaust and things like that. They do. The, the Asian community teaches about whatever happened with them, and so on and so on and so on. We're the only ones that's like, we don't want to tell our kids where we came from, but it seems that like all these other communities are not... Um, oh, I want to tell you why. No, I can tell you why. I can tell you why, because you're right, by the way, but here's the difference. The Jews came out on top and so did the Asians. Blacks didn't yet. So you're telling people who ain't on top about the struggle, that they, and now you start to realize why I'm here? It's because of how this shit was set up? This is the only difference. I do agree with you, but I'm saying the Jews had a plan. What's our plan? I know what our plan is, but I'm saying, but not telling them, not, not, not hiding it from, from our youth, I don't think accomplishes anything. It just kind of keeps them like in a, in a zombie state. But, no, but hide, hide, hiding, hiding is different. Hiding means that I know it's over there and I'm, I'm, I'm putting it away. I'm not saying hiding. If my son is 11 years old and he asks me about it, I'll tell him. I'm just talking about in schools. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about whatevs. Anyway, speaking of in schools, Plies reacted to Atlanta high school football coach being arrested for punching a player in the stomach. He said, how as coaches, you grown curse word men out here cussing out seven, eight and nine year old kids um, as a leader of young men. What are you preparing them for prison? Because people aren't going to talk to them like that in corporate America. You don't talk to people like that. You love on any level. Um, how do we feel about 
one, his statement, and two, about coaches and how they um, tend to raise our kids. Because they do tend to have a little bit more aggressive. And I think with sports, you do have to have a certain level of aggression. Mm. Really? I thought it was his cousin. And I just know this. I, he ain't punch a kid who has his father in the house. That's a fact. So, yeah. so for me, it's like, uncle. how do I feel about that? He, I, I, what no, ain't no man going to yell at my son. You yell at my son, we got to yell at me like that. You're not going to yell at my son. And then punch him in the stomach, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, I, I, I just think that, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. That's why fathers need to be in the house. And I don't think, I don't think punching that kid in the stomach is going to make him play better. What did that happen at? Right here? Yeah. Yeah, that, that shit would have never happened really? in New York. Yeah. Crazy. He would have got jumped. He would have had the whole block outside. He would have got buck 50 as soon as he came out going to his car. He would have yeah, been like a rap for him. I didn't like that at all. Sorry, guys. I got to get my note together. Okay, so I want to talk about the culture corner. Um, we, we all live in Atlanta right now. Have you guys ever been to Lake Lanier? Anybody? Never. Never? Yes. Okay. Okay, so I've been there once, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, another, um, somebody else drowned this week in a 23-year-old. Another one? Yeah, so we're, he never came back up. So that about seven this summer. I Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure we're at seven this summer. Is it time for us to drown this lake, um, and why do you think people keep going back there? Curiosity. Curiosity killed the cat. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's curiosity. It's either that or just sheer stupidity. Cause I'm not going. I'm not going on a block that I know <laughs> niggas four, five, six niggas done got Seven killed on. So can you imagine going to a lake? Like how stupid is that? I'm. 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 I don't even understand it. I mean, I just know. I think this, people go to the lake for the same reason why people skydive. That's just stupid to me. Just as the thrill seeker shit. It's the same thing. I'm a lake person. I get a boat all the time, and I go to Lake Alatoon. There's the other boats. No, you said, no, no. We're not speaking about Lake Alatoon. You speak about Lake I know, Lanier. but I'm saying like. I'm saying like. Skydiving. That's a I think it's, a, it's thrill-seeking. It's like, let me see what I could do. Oh, yeah, so I could survive. you just jumping it. Yeah. in the sea. Like, it's nothing. You know, it's like, it's always that. Oh, yeah. Don't. Well, that ain't the game to play. Um, okay, I want to make sure I say these names right because this is not my feel. Michael Irvin. Keyshawn Johnson, Richard Sherman have taken over Undisputed from Skip Bayless. He ran out the one black guy and went and got three more. We really are the culture. How do we feel about this? I, I watched, I watched it. Oh, it started this week. I watched all pieces of all three um, episodes. I think Skip right now um, underestimated having three Shannon Sharps. Cause that's kind of what they are. They're like three, you know, ultra black men who are loud and, and very opinionated and know their shit. Like these guys play ball. They professional. They won championships. So it's not like they're just talking shit. They really know what they're talking about. And Skip has been relegated to kind of being um, just a moderator on his show. Matter of fact, this morning, they, Michael Irvin wasn't there. It was just Keyshawn and Richard Sherman. Because when Michael Irvin's there, they, Skip does, literally doesn't get a, a word in edgewise. So I think they got, they got, you know, so in the first week, they got to do a lot of configuring to figure out how to get it right. But right now, it's 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 a black show, and Skip is just kind of like a guest on his own show. Shit, he getting paid. I'm sure he don't give a fuck. It's his nah, show. He cares. He <laughs> go. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I believe that Monday, 
remember we do Coastal Report next week. Monday is going to be the biggest viewed show in ESPN history because oh, anybody in in the in the sports community, who do you like, Shannon? Or, um, Shannon. who you like, Stephen? I a? like Shannon. That's what I'm saying. Well, Steve, Stephen A is from Queens. Oh my. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean. I, I don't like everything that he says, but you know I gotta I gotta rep for him. That's a fact. I'm just, I'm just, but we know you from Queens. But Stephen A is too. I, I I know he is, but I'm asking, who do you like the best? Um, I'm indifferent. I I like them both equally. You're the first person I ever asked. Everybody likes one or the other. Like I love Stephen A. I don't want to see Shannon Smart Sharp. I like my brother loves Shannon Sharp. Hates Stephen A. Yeah. My uncle hates Stephen A. Loves Shannon Sharp. Everybody's gonna congregate together, Absolutely. and Stephen A is gonna eat his ass alive. You think so? Stephen A is just the best. He's 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 the best arguer to me. See, let's see. Monday gonna be big though. Everybody gonna be watching. Everybody gonna be watching first take on Monday. I don't think nobody cares about what Skip got going on. Everybody gonna watch first take on Monday though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, placeholder. Okay. Um. So our closing musical question of the week. What is Lil Wayne's best project, in your opinion? Dedication. And we're doing everything, mixtapes included, everything. Dedication. Why? I'm going to start taking our phones because y'all start cheating. I'm not cheating. Guys, the way he just flipped, you know, rapping over people's shit on dedication. He, he just was, he was just in such a zone. How did that Queen's music playing? My bad. He, he, was, he was in such a zone on that mixtape, like it was like, he just, that's when he was, went to that kind of, to me, that's when he really legitimately went into that greatest rapper alive conversation. Like those those mixtapes was like, okay, we really gotta take this seriously. And I think Wayne's a very interesting um, artist. I always call him like the rap Michael Jackson. Cause he started as a kid and he's still here. Like he's, he's still, and still wild relevant. And he's never fallen off. And he started, what was the first, it was 11? I think he was the first one, the hot boys, he said the first one with 11. Mm-hmm. So he's just an interesting, I, one day, um, I hope that there's a documentary on him, because he's had mm-hmm. such an interesting life, you know, in New Orleans, and getting shot by the cop, all that stuff, like, he's had such an interesting life, um, but dedication for me, that's the one where I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's real. Carter three. Carter, I mean, the Carter three to me was the moment that he became, like, a million first week, that that was the reward for all the work he did, giving out mixtapes, hustling, saying he's the best rapper alive, and then he came and did what Jay, Ye, and none of them have outside of maybe Drake have ever done. Like I think him and Drake are only two rappers that ever had a million first week rappers, and for sure I don't count him though. Yeah, I don't count him. Not like that. I'm not disrespecting. I'm just saying, but he's a white guy. Like, like, like he's he's a white boy. He could do it. Like he made Obi Trice go platinum. And I don't even, and if Obi Trice walked in here right now, no disrespect to Obi Trice, I wouldn't recognize him. That's what I'm saying. Like, 50 made Lloyd Banks and, and, and yeah, yeah. Yayo hot, but everywhere you saw 50, you saw them. I don't know what Obi Trice looks like. And all I know is that he started off one of the songs, Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. And that little part right there, had, he sold a million records. And I don't think Obi Trice dropped the second album. That's what I'm saying. That's how powerful Eminem's influence is because he's a white rapper. For me, I think um, <clears throat> for me, I think it would be um, I, I think the Carter Three is great, and like Ray said, that's kind of like where he propelled himself into a different stratosphere. But I like the Carter Five personally. Mm. 
I think that shit is unskippable. Well, me, um, for me, I don't. I'm, I'm always worried about saying my opinion because they're like, what do I have? But um, No Ceilings is one of my favorite um, projects by Lil Wayne. I, that's when I started listening to him as a rapper. I really like got into his wordplay, and I just loved what he was doing with taking every beat hot and turning it into his own. And like, he just he was the first one I remember doing stuff like that, doing full projects with other people's beats, like pretty much doing snatches. And I could do this better, and it's gonna be lyrical. And I don't need the whole formula. I could just go straight bars. So I really, really inf- enjoyed No Ceilings. That's what made me start paying attention to him as a rapper. Okay, guys. So that is a wrap for our culture report. Unless anybody has anything they want to throw out there? No? Okay. Oh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jack got something. I bet you it has something to do with 50 Cent and Queen. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, I got something I want to throw out there. Um. <clears throat> the, uh, <laughs> I, I want to ask Jeff this, and I want to ask Ray this. Who would you say is your top five lyricists, just lyricists, from the South? Lyricists from the South? Yeah. Lyricists? Yes. Um, Ross, Andre 3000, um, from the South, Scarface, um... South lyricists from the South. Uh, I gotta put Tip in there. Lyricists from the South. From the South. That's a. That, I, I, I'm, let me think of my my fifth one. Um, rapper from the South: Scarface, Ross, Tip, Dre. Man, that's hard, bro. You know what? Ludacris. Mm. Mm. Five nurses from the south. For me, 3,000. Bun B. Uh, face. It's a hard one, man. Ponte. That'll be a good one. Ponte. Rhapsody. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, who will be five? I'm going to be biased and just say Pimp C. Who's yours? T.I., Ludacris, Lil Wayne. I forgot Wayne. See? <laughs> I, got, I, got to, I got to take Ludacris out and put Wayne in. Um, no, um, see, hey, listen, I'm about to leave. Y'all pissing me off. Now I'm being for real, man. Y'all, I don't like this smart shit. Rick Ross. Stop that shit. I'm not, I don't and, like that shit. Because I feel like you, you, you poke some shit on me, then you say, don't look it up, but don't. But then I can't. It's like, you want to hold me accountable, but nobody's going to be arguing <laughs> with you. They're going to be arguing with me. So, um, yeah. So, Lil Wayne, Ludacris, Tip, Rick Ross, and technically, J. Cole. Oh, that's another one. That was a good technical. I see you getting them on the technicality. Now, 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 Virginia, that's a hard one. Cause I do too, because as New Yorker, we start yeah. Virginia. Anything, anything below don't. DC is yeah. the, the South. Yeah. I agree. They don't. Mm-hmm. Wait, I forgot one thing that I meant to ask you guys about. Boosie made a diss track towards his daughter. And um, so he's, he's going off on the daughter and the baby mother. Um, 
as a father and as people in the music industry, you guys have to respect the fact that he's using his music as art and as an outlet. But is this taking it too far? I mean, again, he's, he's, he's an artist, he's entitled to rap about what he wants to rap about. But I didn't like bringing the daughter into it because I think, um, how, how old is the daughter now? About 18, 19, Yeah, she's, she's still pretty young. She's it's still a teen, though. Yeah, yeah, it's something that's going to last forever. Nice. And I don't know what this means if, you know, as far as their relationship goes, maybe she's 25, that, that record's going to last forever. She's gonna be that person. I didn't like that. I didn't, I would I would I would have advised against that. I also didn't like the fact that the daughter was arguing on Instagram with her father or saying the mother was in the background yeah. hyping her up. I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I don't like the whole scenario. Yeah. I don't like none of it. I don't like I don't wanna, I don't I don't none know about none of that. That's their family business that should be but, offline. But you know how hard it is to have money around poor people? Like, I know that sounds Pocket like... Pocket watching. No, I just know that sounds like sad story, but you know how hard it is to have money around poor people? Because they always think you have more than you have. They always think you could do more than what you're doing. And you're, you're because you're helping them, you're handicapping them. Because now they don't even understand what the real world looks like. So, like, you know, and I can speak from experience. Just like when you start helping people and spoiling them, they don't appreciate life. They, 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 and they, and, and they hate you in the end. So like the fact that, the fact that she hates her father, feels what she feels about her father, but baby girl, no disrespect to nobody going on. If your father was Mike that worked across the street, nobody would give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, like at the end of the day, Boosie is the brand and Boosie is who y'all care about, who we care about. Boosie is our only interest in y'all situation. And I hate when people don't have that respect for that person because he can put the light on anybody else. And he's still choosing to stay in it with you. And that's a blessing because if he switches up and goes to fuck with somebody else, not you, it, it, it don't matter like when, how it goes. Like, so for me, I just, so for me, I just feel like, I just feel like people resent successful people when they're in their proximity because they count on them. And Hey, if this is my brand, you're going to do it my way. If I'm spending all the money, you got to do it my way. And if we're going to do it your way, you got to, then you spend the money then. Then you got to end up and no one wants to do that, right? So it's like, and then now the little girl, Boosie also is like, come stay with me, daughter. The little girl mother probably ain't, it's so much to it. It's so much to it. And the reality is the only reason why it matters is because his name is Lil Boosie and he's a famous rapper. So out of respect for him, shut the fuck up. Out of respect for him, shut, that's all, out of respect for him, be quiet. That's like literally, you, you never fuck up the money. Right. And in our community, we tend to forget that part of it. I don't give a fuck you got money. You should. Right. right. You better. Right. You better. <laughs> because because there's some people out here really struggling right now and would die to have Boosie as they died and becoming to clean the house and do anything. Mm -hmm. And this is your dad and you disrespecting him. And I promise you this. I promise you, five years from now, she's going to regret it. Even if they ain't cool. Even if, I'm saying, even if they ain't cool, she's going to regret it because she's going to realize, like, damn. Bro, it's hard out here, man. It's hard out here. It's, it's hard out here. I try, to, I try to convey this to my kids all the time. This, you're lucky. Don't never take that for granted. Because there's some kids out here who wish they had their dad. I was one of them. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I always tell my son. I'm always trying to get that to him. But I just hate when I see the breadwinner be disrespected. You never disrespect the breadwinner. Don't ever disrespect the nigga that's bringing in the money. Agreed. Better respect the coin. Okay. Got, oh, you got something to say? I was going to say something. Forget it. What you going to say? Now, <clears throat> I was going to ask, um, 
What is your top five diss tracks of all time? You ain't say you going to ask a question. You say you going to say something. There's a big... No, you say I got to ask something. We'll be like, wait, you say I got to say something. We think you're going to wrap, wrap it up in an anecdote. No, I'm not, I don't get into family stuff. I don't have kids. So I'm, I'm not going to say You got to stay... I, I, I can't lie. I can't think of... I know Tupac hit him up is number one. That's all I will say. It's number one. And I think we did this on the God Show already. We did. I need y'all to start watching so y'all can know what has been covered. Okay, so thank you so much for taking the time out to be here with us today. Superly appreciate it. Hope it's not your last time. Oh, it won't be. Okay, guys. All you guys out there, make sure you guys are subscribed to our YouTube channels. You're sharing our content. You're commenting. You're liking. You're saving. You're sending it to a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Shout out to our sponsors, Tote and Carrie and Yoko Vodka. If you guys want to be a part of the team, DM us. Let us know what suggestions you got and leave us comments in any of the videos you see out there. This is The Guy Show. This is The Guy Show. We out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.